A few weeks ago, Megan and I had the TV on, and a rerun of the movie Jaws was on. We were in and out of the room as it was on, and we saw different parts of it and decided again, as we had before, that the, jo- that the shark was fake, which we all knew. And we realized I'd never really seen that whole movie start to finish. We happen to know that it came out in 1975, the summer of 1975, because we were married the summer of 1975, and people told us, if you ever want to go in the ocean again, don't go see that movie. And we had a honeymoon planned on the beach in South Carolina, so we did not go see that movie in the summer of 75, and we have never seen it start to finish, although it's been on TV and we've seen bits and pieces and parts of it. I realized there's other movies like that in my life, movies maybe that our children rented and I was in and out of the room and they would refer to it. I go, I remember seeing that part, but I don't remember where it fit in the movie. I don't think I've ever watched It's a Wonderful Life, start to finish, but it's been on TV every single Christmas for most of my life, but I don't know if I've ever sat start to finish and seen the whole thing. I'm sure it's a wonderful movie. You see, catching a drama this way, we, we might see the beginning, we might see the beginning where the plot starts to get established and, and things are sort of set up. Or we might walk through the room and only catch that part where we see the middle, where there's some kind of a conflict or a, or a disorder that comes or a problem that comes. Even a, in a comedy, something happens in the middle to sort of throw a curveball in the way. Or we watch a movie or we see only the middle and we find out there's a shark attack or there's been a run on the bank in Bedford Falls or whatever, but then we never catch the happy ending because that's when the phone rings or we're hungry or some people fall asleep when there's a movie on, like me. Or we may only see the happy ending and then we don't quite understand just why it's so happy if we didn't catch the conflict or the tragedy that's happened in the middle of the film. We've just spent the last six Sundays here at Neighborville Covenant looking at the drama that unfolds in the story we know as the story of the prodigal son, only we've looked at it from the perspective of the prodigal, the the prodigal God, the one who expends lavish grace, the prodigal God. And it's a great drama. One of the things we realize about that story that it does not resolve. It doesn't resolve into a happy ending. It actually leaves you hanging. And Jesus meant to do that. And we did our best to try to grasp where Jesus was going and we realized that it really did point to a happy ending and that is that we are all welcome at the table that Christ has set for us. But Jesus was making a point to the older brothers in the crowd and that's why he left them hanging. But the drama does resolve. And tonight we step into the Holy Week drama. Before the happy ending of Easter, we take some time here where the drama deepens and the drama darkens. It deepens as we meet Jesus at the table with his disciples. It deepens in his connection with them in the washing of their feet and his modeling service to them. It deepens as he calls us to love one another. He calls us to serve one another. As he calls us deeper into relationships with each other. This is my commandment, not my suggestion but by the commandment that you love one another. And that's the only way the world will know who I am, he says. It deepens in this interaction with Jesus. And the drama not only deepens, but it darkens that night as well. It darkens as Jesus' betrayer is right there at the table with him, and then Jesus sends him away. The other disciples are a little oblivious at that point. But we see the darkness beginning to come as Judas takes off from the table and goes away. He goes off to do his dirty deed and then we see Jesus and his disciples head to the garden and then to beyond and it gets darker and darker in the shadows of betrayal, the shadow of the trials, the suffering and the crucifixion, the increasing darkness in the middle of this drama. And at that point tonight, we're going to push pause. 
We're going to push the pause button at the point of his death. Jesus is dead when we finish our service tonight. The only hope is that this one candle, the Christ candle, will remain, remain lit. But it, even it is going to be carried out of the room, much like he was buried in the tomb. The Christ candle will be removed and the service will be over. But we all know that the drama is not over, right? Because the play button gets pushed again. It gets pushed on midnight on Saturday night. Who wants to be here when we do that? That's okay, you don't have to be. We're not going to be here. But really, that's when a lot of churches celebrate the Easter vigil. They, they meet on Saturday night and at midnight, the light comes forth. Christ the Lord has risen today at midnight. And that's when the drama then kicks into that final act, that happy ending, if you will. Or is it actually a happy beginning? We come back on Easter, but our joy is deeper and our joy is, uh, is more real because we saw the whole thing. We know why the ending is a beginning and why it is such good news. The responsive reading that we're going to do in a few moments is not one that we have, um, uh, that we have used before here. It's called the Great Thanksgiving. There's a version of it in the back of our hymnal, uh, but this is actually a much longer version. Some of our friends actually at Resurrection Covenant in the city use this often. They do communion every single week and they often use the, the Great Thanksgiving. And I like it because it tells the story. It begins to tell the whole story in, in bits and pieces from creation to resurrection. And included in the great thanksgiving that we will do responsively uh, are really the words of, of, of preparation for communion. It includes really words of confession. And so it wraps all that together as we read the great thanksgiving. I'm going to ask Pastor Diana and Thomas to come join me as we do the reading together. And you'll have parts to read as well. Uh, we will read the parts in italics and you'll be asked to respond in the parts in, um, in bold type. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. We thank you, God, for creating our world, taking pleasure in it, hating nothing you had made, grudging existence to no one. You created a man and woman, sharing your breath with them. After taking great delight in the work of your hands, you declared a great Sabbath, blessed with times and seasons that earth brought forth abundantly, providing the man and woman all that was essential to life. Therefore, we join our voices with the angels and all the saints in heaven and on earth as we praise your name, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Glory be to you, O Lord Most High. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. An intruder appeared, intent on ruining the work of your hands. Tempting the man and woman to doubt your word and distrust your promise. Weakened by doubt and distrust, they acted in disregard of your word and promise and became like homeless persons in their own garden. Aware of what they had done and knowing a shame too deep for words, they became strangers to you, to each other, and to themselves. Knowing such is true about ourselves, we say, Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. 
how merciful you are that you took notice of lost persons. O God, do not leaving them in their shame or your creation to self-destruct. Beginning with Noah, who lived in a time of outrageous evil, and leading to Abraham and Sarah, you kept your word always to have a people to give witness to your name. Promising to Abraham and Sarah that in them and their descendants all nations of the earth would be blessed. A nation came to be, Israel by name, to be a light to the nations. How How grateful we are, O God, that this light was kept burning through centuries of slavery until the time came for liberation when Moses and Joshua, Rahab and Deborah, among many, guided your people into their new life in a new land. But over the centuries, your people came to think of the new land as possession more than gift. As they became ever more possessive, distrust among your people grew into class hatred and contempt for temple festivals. Finally made vulnerable by disregard for your covenant with them, they became a nation ripe for captivity by other powers. How How tragic tragic it was, was, O God, that that your people turned a deaf ear to the prophets and disregarded your warning. Then your people were scattered again, homeless and exposed to shame, only to return to a Jerusalem in ruins and the temple destroyed. When it appeared that you had withdrawn your world, O God, oblivious to your promises to help in time of need, you sent Gabriel to a virgin named Mary, telling her that she would be the mother of the one all had been looking for. She gave birth to a son, Jesus by name. Most of his life was lived in obscurity, having been trained as a carpenter in Nazareth until he sought baptism by his relative, John the Baptizer. After 40 days of harassment by the same intruder who had invaded the garden, Jesus had resisted all the enticements offered him to forsake his single-minded devotion to your will, O God. He began his public ministry, first by gathering a group of persons to be his disciples, persons having little in common, often hostile to each other, each not knowing the outcome of their going with Jesus. They They went went with him, often to forbidden places and forsaken people, the lepers, the disabled, the impoverished, the non-Jews, the political enemies, the fraudulent, all to begin to gather into one the scattered people of God. Increasingly, unwanted by official leaders of temple and state, and misunderstood by those closest to him, he came to this. On the night he was betrayed, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. Do this as often as you drink it in remembering me. So, Lord, is it I who continue to add to your suffering? 
Holy Father, who sent the Holy Spirit to equip your Son, Jesus, for doing your will, send now this same Spirit upon us and upon these gifts of bread and wine. Return to you from your creation. Unworthy though we may be, may this same Spirit enable us to receive them for what Jesus said they were, his body and blood for us. So receiving, may we be the more equipped to endure testing as well as triumph in our service to you. Therefore, sustain us in faith, strengthen us in love, and season us with hope as we await the appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who, with you and the Holy Spirit, ever lives and rules, now as always. Amen. Let us proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ Christ has has died. died. Christ Christ is is risen. risen. Christ Christ will will come come again. again.